Coming up on Talk is Cheap, we're going to look at Project Horizon, the 1959 plan to build a base on the moon. Up next on Talk is Cheap. Welcome to Talk is Cheap, where cheap is talk, and talk is cheap. I'm Dan Hofeld. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And to my left is none other than everybody's favorite person, Pete Hallblyde. Mm, uh, I have feelings. Oh, you're being social justice warrior. <laughs> you were, you were, uh, you were dancing, so I wanted to do the robot. Oh, you know. mm, beep, boop, beep, beep. This mm, does not compute. Mm, Sorry. The Office, Steve Carell. Yep. Good, good show. I love it. I'm actually rewatching that. I'm in the middle of. It. I think I'm on season four again. What I, fi- what I find the funniest about The Office is that season one, uh, Steve Carell has like really thinning hair, and then come season two when it was a success, he had some hair work. Well, done no, they had. Of... Their, the, I, I looked into this because there was a couple you of really? YouTube videos analyzing this. Yep. Because oh, he are was you serious. Awesome. Yeah, because the first season they were really basing it off that British version, yep. and he was kind of an asshole. Yep. But, yeah. but they're like, we need people to like this guy. And that's when they changed it. And it really made a big difference. But, and they gave him hair then? or Well, he just wore his hair different. Really? Because yeah, it was slicked back. Like, yeah, I got I, so it looks thin. I, I'm going to look at it again. But it, it sure seemed like he went to, like, Hair Club for Men or something between season one and season two, you know. Yeah, so It could be. Huh? Anyway. I won't debate that issue. But, and he was a little, uh, little huskier in season one, too. So I think he got himself a personal trainer. But... Yeah, that's a good point. Like shows like that are so good, and then are we, are we going to take that away because something might be racist that they say, even though we all know it in our heads? Well, I could. Yeah, I don't know. I, as long as South Park is still being played, I think The Office is all right. So, Dano, military base on the moon. Not the first time we've heard about this, though, have we? But this, this is, is yeah, this is huge. Like. I've, evidently, you said you heard about yeah, this I've, before. Yeah, I've heard of it. I, I've never really looked. Where, into do you it. remember where you heard it from? Oh God, early, early years and years ago, about you when we were talking about bases on the moon. You know, and it must have came up. In yeah, it must have as I was because I never remember us touching on it. At no, all. we never really mentioned it, but I, I do. Re- it rings a bell with me um, because it just does. I don't know. Oh yes. So the way I discovered it, I am reading. Uh, William Tompkins book. Now remember William Tompkins is, he worked on the solar warden project. These are these, he was building these ships for this, the solar warden yep. space fleet. Yep. He was in charge of drawing these. He did like these CAD sketches or whatever. So he can, they can start getting ideas on where to put things. And he built these granted. I wish there was a little more evidence for his uh, stuff and that um, a viewer has asked me to do a show on him, but I, at this point, I don't really feel comfortable doing it because if he was in charge of this, couldn't he have like a blueprints of this kilometer long ship that he could have took a picture of? Well, he probably wouldn't have had the technology to take a picture of it back then, but something like he could redo it from memory. Like here's the bathroom, here's this. Instead, we get this like kid's sketch of a, a spaceship, which what's that? Yeah, right. So, you, you, and you'd think if he was... Uh... A designer like that, that just from first blush, that his draw, hand drawing skills would be very sophisticated because a lot of those folks, 
you know, especially in the old days, did all engineering drawings by hand and mm. stuff, you know, so you'd think that, um, you know, that you'd, you'd do it. You want the board? You, yeah, I you do. were I, making I, moves I, I on keep, me all. I keep fucking, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no onions. So I, I dropped an F-bomb earlier. I don't even anything. think I care anymore. If it offends somebody, I'm too bad. Eight inches. Eight inches works. <laughs> I wish I was eight inches. <laughs> So back, so he made this book. I'm reading. I'm in the middle of it right now, and the book itself kind of goes left and right. I would just wish it was. It's all over the place. But one part that was really interesting to me is when he was working on these craft. He said these extraterrestrials working close with closely with him mm-hmm. about these, and believe it or not, they're pretty hot women. Oh yeah, extra like the alien with, hot women, yeah, like Nordic. Like yeah. we always say, they're just hot Nordics and all. Yeah, everybody's yeah, like, yeah. Hey, yeah said, the Swedish b- bikini team, right? <laughs> you know, and that sort of stuff. So he was like doing this stuff, and um, they were getting put like constantly. There were these hot ass secretaries. Oh yeah, that like, sounds good. Exactly. <laughs> and then they they would keep like pushing him directions with like, hey, you should do this or do that. So very interesting. Really? Um And then there was some sexual ritual stuff, which. Does Think that, you can handle that? When we, when we I, talked I about when we talked about the stuff going on in Hollywood, um, here's another guy talking about it. You know, before it was known, mm-hmm. this dark stuff behind yep. rooms, and it was crazy. Some of the stuff that was going on, but I digress. So Project Horizon, that's where I heard about it. He brought up Project Horizon in that book, and I'm like, wow, there was a project to actually see how this works to build a base on the moon. Well, I want to read. Find out more about this. So here we go. Yep. Awesome. We're looking for it. So again, this was in 1959. It was a study to determine the feasibility of constructing a scientific military base on the moon. And let's remember here, folks, Sputnik satellite from the Soviet Union launched in 1957. And then for reference, NASA was established in 1958. So this is one year after NASA was established. Before we, I would say, before we even launched a rocket in the air, like a, a you know, one of these like outer space rockets. When were the Apollo missions? I don't know offhand. That didn't start until after um, Kennedy '69, right? Right. Yeah, because we got to we got to the moon in '69. Oh, yeah. So so Apollo was before that. So we're talking, you know, many multiple years. Before we even started flinging things towards space, they were talking about building a base on the moon. Almost like they knew something well, at the time, right? Yeah. they. Um, when you got the Soviet Union and they were launching Sputnik, it's like, oh, they're doing that. We better get ahead of the game here. Yep. Um, so let's make a plan to build a base yeah. on the moon. And then actually it gets laid out in this manual that I'll share up here in a minute. Awesome. So the responsibility for the space programs before NASA was on the Army, Navy, and Air Force at that time, and then it, it did move to NASA. On June 8th, 1959, the Army Ballistic Mi- Missile Agency produced for the Army a report titled Project Horizon, a U.S. Army study for the establishment of a lunar base outpost. Now, on screen here, this is volume one. There's two volumes. So volume one is the summary and supporting considerations. And volume two here is technical considerations and plans. These are like really thought out. For those listening on the audio podcast, there's pages and pages and pages of stuff. I mean, even the cover page has got nice artwork and it's got the the fonts and stuff, two different types of fonts. It's 
at the which is pretty big for you know when they're doing all this by hand back in the day uh, yeah which kind of almost makes me a little question it so i want to read this um proposal requirement here i have to enlarge this a little bit okay this is a bit of a run-on sentence so bear with me folks there is a requirement for a manned military outpost on the moon the lunar outpost is required to develop and protect potential united states interest on the moon to develop techniques in moon-based surveillance of the earth and space in communications relay and in operations on the surface of the moon to serve as a base for exploration of the moon for further exploration into space and for military operations on the moon if required and to support scientific investigations on the moon wow there's a couple nuggets in there dan uh Protect potential United States interests on the moon. And that's interest. What's what's our interest on, on the moon, right? And then military operations on the moon if required. Bing, bing. Oh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> there it is. Yep, yep. Eight inches. Eight inches. <laughs> so that one really stands out to me. Like, if required military operations, who would they be military operating against on the moon? So actually, yeah, this is going to come up. Bear with me on and this. And they said on the moon, not from the moon, but on the moon. So they're going to fight somebody on the moon. We'll get to that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. It also says here, it should be designed to be self-sufficient for as long as possible without outside support. So they do really want a truly self-sustaining base up there where you really wouldn't have to supply it. You know, um, when you think about the moon... You know, we're told it can get to be like negative 200 to yeah. positive 200. Yeah, right. It's a huge um, swing. you got to wonder if that's believable, but I guess that's what they say. Um, I'm not no scientist, I guess, or astrophysicist, whatever they call them nowadays. Right. Okay, so this part here makes me um, think about the Corey Good stuff because they were talking about using holes and caves to put some of these bases in oh, like you know covered and sealed even lava tubes that they talked about now actually the news has admitted that uh recently that they were gonna think about doing that even though they already have it up there folks but that's a side issue <laughs> well right that's what they do is they disclose something they've already had in place and say oh look at how wonderful we are when we put our minds to it and look at what we, we can do and it's been established for decades you got the moon here laid out this is all in the manual of course folks Potential spots that they were thinking about landing and establish this base. You got to have that, you know, someplace. I believe it was actually towards the poles was better because that way you're not shifting out of um, the sun and then getting that constant, like not, this base is going to be established with solar panels. Yep. So if you're not going to have the sun, you're not going to be able to recharge those solar right. panels. Yeah, you're going to have less extremes, uh, fluctuations, I bet you, as, as well with temperatures and stuff and, and light. Well, here's the mission. They, they had the idea of taking this vehicle, getting it up there, and then this was actually going to plow these uh, rows into the ground, and then they could go ahead and start stacking these tubes in there these modular tubes and they can start piecing this base together and having it underground, you know, you're shielded from the, the sun rays. stuff, yep. Yep. <clears throat> and lower them in there like so. And here is a side you know, view And 10 of it. years later, they had equipment that could drill through mountains and make tunnels. 
Oh yeah, that was in the late sixties, right? They the were boring doing machines. Yeah. yeah, right. So you got to wonder how heavy those are. Get one of them up there, and yeah, it just takes a few more rocket trips. You assemble I bet it. There it you, is. you assemble it when you get there. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yep. They they already did it. So yeah, it's up there. They have they have a really cool. You got the airlock living quarters. They got the bunks laid out here for those listening on the podcast. These are blueprints. Uh, they even have the um the scale of it. So it's all thought out very very well. The suits, now these were going to be really heavy at the time. because Is that guy wearing ice skates? It does look like that, doesn't it? And then this is another thing they thought of too when they did this, because do we launch these rockets one out of the earth, one at a time, straight to the moon, or do we get them out of the atmosphere, resupply from there, and then yep. shoot them yeah, to the moon? like the International Space Station is a docking point, and then you, you go on from there. That would be beneficial if you needed to somehow switch vehicles, right? This is actually a nuke, the part of the the plans for the nuclear power that they were going to think about establishing up there, which could have ramifications in itself. I know a lot of people are pro nuclear, but I'm I'm not myself. Well, I guess if you're going to have a nuclear radiation leak, it's good to have it on the moon. But I mean, it would be done. Like, if you're thinking like an asteroid hits it or comet or something, like, it's done. Well, as long as you know, you know, I don't know. As long as it doesn't blow up or something. So, a uh, basic outpost is only twelve people. So it's a little right angle. That's must be those tubes they were burying, right? In that other yeah. graphic you showed. Yep. It's a little so L-shaped is... right angle thing. Uh, it's got special storage and explosives uh, area. It's got a chemical storage area too. Yep, and then over here, these are the reactors. Uh, what do we got? A, B, C, and D. Yep, so they're different. They're going to have a smaller yeah. reactor first different when they started up, and then they're going to bring a bigger one in when they needed it. Again, to get that smaller one just to get stuff going. Yeah, yeah you want your, your basic lights. and. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Talk is Cheap on the K2D4 network. They thought it was going to cost $6 billion to build this. Again, they wanted it to be self-sustained, housed 10 to 20 personnel, and have it operational by December 1966. Again, solar Six and nuclear power. was a lot of money back then. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a lot of money, but then they actually found out it was going to cost a lot more than that. So yeah, they, they were wrong it. in that. Well, once you get the government involved, right, everything's going to quadruple. <laughs> so that that was based on the trip down well, the, yeah, to the they local got those, hardware store. Those $200 hammers and whatever yeah, else. <laughs> yeah, yeah $5,000 toilet seats and stuff. So in 1964, they were going to do 40 Saturn launches, the Saturn rocket. And in January 1965, if the car, uh, cargo delivery to the moon would begin April 1965, First man landing by two men, and the buildup of construction phase would continue without interruption until the outpost was ready. And then in November 1966, outpost would be manned by a task force of 12 men. This program would have required a total of 61 Saturn A1 and 88 Saturn A2 launches up to November 1966. During this period, the rockets would transport some 220 tons of useful cargo to the moon. 
And then December 1966 through 1967, first operational year of the Lunar Outpost with a total of 64 launches scheduled. These would result in additional 120 tons of useful cargo. So 66, 67, they can take about two tons of material up each trip they go. That's really not that much. Get the stuff up there ahead of time with these rockets and then send the two guys up there. Yep. And in the meantime, they have to live in their lunar lander while they're building this base. Until they can get their quarters built. Yep. And, all that, and then yeah. start building it out from there. Um, man, talk about being on your own. Yeah. So this wasn't in the manual here, but it's worth mentioning because it's on the Wikipedia. So I don't know where they got this from, but uh, it, I suppose it's worth mentioning because we were talking about defenses. So in the defenses, they were saying the base would be defended against Soviet overland attack by man-fired weapons. And they were going to use rockets and nuclear warheads and also have conventional claymore mines that could puncture pressure suits. Well, I would think a regular claymore mine would do just fine well, against maybe a the, pressure suit. Maybe you could throw some nails in it. I don't know. Pop I, it. I just figured like, <laughs> you're familiar with the claymores, right? They're nasty. That they're nasty stuff. Oh, I use them in video games all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. you're familiar. That's nasty stuff. I don't think any space. Suit well, would they didn't want to kill them. They just wanted to puncture them. Exactly. I think that would kill them. Well, the idea is to uh, carry it on on for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Eight inches. I, I think that by that statement, it implies that a regular claymore mine would not puncture a pressure well, suit. Well, wait, I'm guessing let's think that again. It would, but um, there might be other ways to. Yeah, we're, we're not thinking outside the box here. Um, we don't know what the. You're on the moon, so yeah, gravity reduction, all this other stuff to deal with. Because that was the thing about these suits, too. They look he heavy and bulky, but you're only. They actually only up weighing a fraction of what they. Oh, yeah, once you get on there. Yeah. Once you get on there. You know, um, you know, with less friction and stuff, your your bullet just travels truer and and you know and further. It's got less less friction, less gravity. I don't know, but maybe they, you know, they got they're the ones with all the the brains. They probably got even things better. Maybe they modify them in a sense that they make smaller bullets or smaller you know uh, projectiles out of it or something. Who knows? It says if our forces are already present and have a means of countering a landing or neutralizing any hostile force that has landed. I suppose they could think about an alien or at some point, but at this time they were really worried about the Soviets, and that actually broke this down a lot in this manual of we got to get up there and get ourselves established before the Soviets do, because if they can get up to the moon, get established up there, how do we get to the moon? Because they could already defend the moon against us coming there. Like... If they can get up there, mm -hmm. you're going to get that advantage. Here is an eight-point breakdown of all this, of what the purpose of this lunar outpost was. So, number one, it wanted to demonstrate the United States scientific leadership in outer space. Number two, support scientific exploration and investigations. Number three, extend and improve space reconnaissance, surveillance capabilities, and control of space. Number four, extend and improve communications and serve as a communication relay station. Provide a basic supporting uh, research laboratory for space research and development activity. Number six, develop a stable low gravity outpost for the use as a launch site for deep space exploration. Ooh, are they already doing that already? Hmm. The LLC with Corey Good. Uh, number seven, provide an opportunity for scientific exploration, development of space mapping and surveying systems. And number eight, provide an emergency staging area 
rescue capability or navigation aid for other space activity. Two nuclear reactors would be located in pits for shielding and would be provided for power for operation of the pre preliminary quarters and the equipment used in construction for the permanent facility. You get one of those reactors up there, boy, and you've got a power source. Think of what you can power, you know, oxygen generators, scrubbers, all that stuff. What kind of pisses me off about some of this stuff, and they even mention it in this manual, I don't know if it's like there's a reason we're not doing it here, but they talk about uh, if the moon's got uh, water and ice and all this sh shit, we can use this to uh you know make oxygen and all mm -hmm. this other stuff and and, and drinking and, water and yeah. power stuff yeah. why ain't we doing it here like okay is it too expensive could very well be but i think that technology is coming along i mean we can but they were talking about this in 1959 yeah. like okay well we can uh desalinize ocean water for drinking yeah that's pretty costly right? but i wonder if you couldn't use that for power yeah you split it and you got hydrogen you take water, you split it up. You got oxygen to breathe and hydrogen to burn. But yeah, you ain't making but, money off that. Well, so that, and that's that. the thing. That's that's the reason why we're still stuck with internal combustion engines. Is the people that established with the old technology control the power, so they don't want any of this exactly stuff. So we're just historians. What happened to Project Horizon? Now Horizon never pro progressed officially, folks. Horizon never progressed past the feasibility stage being rejected by President uh, Eisenhower. Eisenhower. didn't like it. When primary responsibility for America's space program was transferred to the civilian agency, NASA. Other things that happened, they had technological challenges. Again, it was considerably more expensive than what they antis initially anticipated. If it was a Manhattan Project scale, uh, they say it could have worked, but it would have required a huge increase in government expenses on defense and all that other good stuff which were there now 20 times worse than what it was i should have just done it but yeah the other thing too was the alarming everybody was alarmed about sput sputnik yeah, and that kind of dissipated yeah. at that point because it's like years and years go by and oh we don't care anymore and then all of a sudden another thing here they got the vietnam war going on yeah with and, and a bunch of up up unrest back home right that money of course has to go to war you can't stick it into project horizon and then finally, most importantly, uh, any future American military presence on the moon became an impossibility when the United States, Soviet Union, and United Kingdom signed an Outer Space Treaty in 1967. That, all, of, all of that stuff right there, Dan, is ex it was what I would expect to hear from somebody that's covering something up, man. That's the official A. Uh, well, and the government says so, Dan, <laughs> so let's believe it. There we go, man. But... It really makes you wonder because, again, when did when did Germany fall? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, David Hasselhoff did a concert on the Berlin Wall as it was being crumbled. So 85, is that the right number? What's like you're talking about East and West Germany being... Uh, you know, Nazi Germany. Oh, uh, 1945. 45? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, this was after that. So D Day, June sixth, nineteen forty-five, is when. Well, that's when we invaded. So it was a little after that. When was uh, VE Day? I can't remember when VE Day, but nineteen forty-five. Oh, very good because oh. I fall asleep in history class. It can happen. <laughs> I don't know one wants to hear that, but uh, it happens. Yeah. yeah, you're doomed to repeat it. Though, <laughs> just so you know. But I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm more knowledgeable than some other people, especially when they're. Never mind. Yeah, well, you, you're self-taught. Um. 
I think my body instinctively knew it was kind of bullshit to some extent. All fake. That we were getting taught, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, this leads back to Hitler and the UFOs. So he had that stuff. They built that base, the LOC up there. Did they finally figure out? Oh, we already got this up there. Let's scrap the project. Bam, we're done. Yep. Yeah, Simple. maybe they struck a deal with the people that already had it up there, or they went ahead and, and did it anyway and just said, oh, no, sorry, not going to do right. it, right? Yeah, because the, the, the knots, you can guys, you can go to the, type this in on, we'll do it right now. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Type in Germany UFO or Nazi UFO, you're going to get something like this. Yeah. These were actually at least built. Now, mm-hmm. the thing was... um. Hitler the, couldn't use these in the war because the thing was when he fired the guns, it it made the craft unstable. Yeah, you can see the two big, you know, fifty cals coming out of the side <laughs> of that or whatever that is. You, you start running some lead through that, yeah, inertia's going to be a little. So to say they haven't experimented with this stuff is false. So there you have it. Um, interesting indeed. It is. Can't lie about everything. But I think it progressed a lot more than we know, and they have. You know it, so. If they were successful at this, the first thing they would do is scrap any official record of it, Dan. You know, that's it because it's national security. Oh, national security. Mm. We can't let people know we got a base on the moon. So we're going to go ahead and say that this wasn't feasible and Eisenhower scrapped it. Yep. Wasn't I? Didn't Eisenhower meet with the aliens? Yes, he aliens? did. So, so, why, so if he scrapped it, there was a good reason for it. Let's say, to, let's say he did scrap it. Why do we need to build a base here? We can just use the ones that the, that the Grays have, right? I'm trying to think of the date. I did that presentation. I want to say it was... Maybe I'll put it here for you guys. When he met the aliens at... Uh, was it Edwards Air was Force? Was it or 58? It was in the 50s, right? It might be. It, it slips my mind. But yeah, again, that's right around this time. Before, Before this, this. Time. so all right, I'm gonna 1954. Eisenhower interrupted his vacation to go visit aliens. 54. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. So why would he care? Like, well, he may be caught wind of this and said, "Why do we need to do that? There's already bases up there. Let's let's spend our money on covering up Sasquatch." Uh huh. Well, I guess to be fair, he probably he only knew about the alien presence. He probably didn't know how what to what extent it was. But then maybe he got wind of it. You know, he we're met talking with about aliens. I would assume the extent would, well, would no. be implied. Um, the implied. Yeah, we don't know what they talked about. Um, and he did have a few meetings. Well, yeah, just more than just one. the fact that there's an alien landing a ship at Edwards Air Force Base would tell me that I would I would make that assumption that their presence is. I think it was Holloman Air Force Base. I get this all screwed up. Whatever. Well, there's some Edwards stuff, right, and some Holloman stuff. Maybe it was bull. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Sorry, folks. My brain's shot. Um, there's been a new uh, phrase going around our house, Dan, um, and that when we remember something incorrectly <clears throat> or differently than one another, the excuse is we've been Mandela'd. Come again. Oh, yeah. I, I use yep. that to cop out sometimes, yep. too. So at one point, maybe it was Edwards, and now it's Holloman or vice versa. And <laughs> you know what? If Good way to get around you, it. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. Mandela'd again. We should uh, coin that phrase and make T-shirts. I'm sure it's already out there. Guaranteed. People might think you're nuts. Yeah, probably. 
All right, folks, we'll wrap this up. I want to thank those listeners again over on the uh, audio podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of it, uh, many others as well. Uh, that's probably the strongest platform for being uncensored. Again, we're on BitChute, uh, the live streams. Everything is down into the uh, description below. We appreciate the support. I want to say a special thanks to those Patreon supporters. I know there's very two strong ones that have stuck with us. I love it. Yeah, um, you guys rock. You guys are just the best. And it adds up over time. You know, some people, are, oh, you're only donating a dollar or whatever, but you add that up um, over time. And then, multiple. you know, if you had multiples of those, it, it goes really yeah. quickly. But whatever. Uh, if you want to donate, it all helps. Much appreciated. That link is in the description as well. And uh, I think we'll sign off. Dan Holfeld, Pete Hallblad. Later. Peace, folks.